March 11th, 2003, a, uh, a new voice debuted in the Atlanta soundscape. It was aggressive. It was bass heavy. It was militant. It was very forward. It was He was very different than a lot of the other Atlanta artists that were out at the time. At this time, Atlanta had become to be known for a specific type of sound. I wouldn't say infancy, but Crunk was becoming a, a major f- part of the Atlanta, a major foundation of the Atlanta sound. Heavy bass, um, Outkast was already intergalactic stars. We had people like Pastor Troy and the Goody Mob and Jermaine Dupree and, and a lot of different type of artists. But I can't recall any Atlanta artists at that time that I recall hearing that had a presence and a cadence like killer mike and today we're going to celebrate killer mike and his debut album monster you know killer mike at this point has evolved he's had several rap lives and monster kind of represents him at an interesting point when you look back at it because he was still you can tell that he was still very raw and maybe even slightly he had the ability to still be influenced and at this point killer mike is a grown-ass man it doesn't sound like you can tell him shit yeah so we're gonna celebrate monster we're gonna talk about monster and we're gonna celebrate the beginning of killer mike Uh, this is the something to say podcast i'm christina i'm yo i'm ja let's talk about this album i guess we should further contextualize take off build off with what ja said and bring us back let's take us back let's let's talk about who killer mike was at this particular juncture 2003 so this is after the whole world yep this is after the whole world he came out with the the guest verse that pretty much pit him on everyone's radar. Everybody knew. I don't think there was anyone that could hear that verse and not believe Killer Mike had something to say. That he could be the next one to come out of that Dungeon Family Outcast Collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did Never Scared with Bone Crusher. That also featured T.I. A huge record in the South, but that, I think that kind of expanded like worldwide. It was huge everywhere. Yeah. So there's another one with his as John said, like heavy presence that you really could not overlook. You know, he was in your face when he rapped. So when you kind of combine these guest verses, you get this excitement for an artist that didn't necessarily had um, an album prior. You know, he won a Grammy before he had an album out. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know. Unbelievable. He would have been a double XL freshman and <laughs> in the blog era yeah so leading up to monster you do have this excitement and enthusiasm for what killer mike could do as a full-length artist yeah for was sure it? for sure i mean it's incredible that he made all this progress within two years right because i believe in 2001 he gets his first feature on Outkast, Snapping and Trapping off of Stanconia. Mm-hmm. That's the first time, like that stems from basically Big Boy kind of doing a dude a favor where like one of his friends who used to go to Morehouse with like Killer Mike was like, dude, my friend's got a demo. And and you can imagine like <laughs> the amount of demos we got, like Big Boy really didn't have to do that. 
But he took a listen to this demo and he was like, you know what? There's actually something here. And so he brings Killer Mike to the studio. And then on night one, he's got the snapping and trapping beat going on to Stanconia. And he was like, hey, Killer Mike, you want to try this shit out? And that was in 2001. Yeah. Can you imagine 2001? And then we have the whole world. And then he has, gets a Grammy. Then we have, like you said, like Never Scared. And then he has to put out his debut album, which is incredible. Right. I think one of the most um, impressive parts about Killer Mike is that in comparison, you know, before we got on the mic, we were talking about Slim Calhoun. Mm -hmm. And in comparison to a lot of the other fruit that fell from the Dungeon family tree, he wasn't like a guy who we kind of saw hanging around him. Like at that point, the Dungeon family, you knew, you know, Outkast, you knew Goody Mob, and then, uh, you know, Backbone, they kind of made a little bit of presence, and um, uh, 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 Cool Breeze, Sleepy you know, Brown. Sleepy Brown. Yeah. Like the, uh, there were other pieces that it, you knew, okay, these are with, these guys are with them. When Killer Mike came out, I had no idea who the hell Killer Mike was. I didn't know, I didn't know that he had any connection to outcast or to dungeon family he was just a guy rapping really good with a really strong voice on the whole world and i don't know that i've ever seen another rapper kind of just come into a clique that was already formed and immediately make himself distinguishable from everybody who was in that clique outside of you know that doesn't have maybe a 10 or 15 year relationship with the founding members didn't go to tri-cities high school right? yeah, yeah yeah none of that yeah, yeah yeah there was no prom there was no homecoming <laughs> dance they went to like it's i just it was an interesting thing to to think about that in hindsight he just came out of nowhere and was like hey i'm like imagine somebody coming in wu-tang and just being better than everybody or just being <laughs> that kind of presence where it was like oh man i've got nine really good rappers but who is this guy yeah I mean, Outkast was already defined. They were distinguished right. by the time Killer Mike came in because Stepping and Trapping was on Stangonia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they the were third th album. three albums in. They've been Cadillac Boys. They've been Aliens. Mm -hmm. They've been all this, you know. So for you to come in, this unknown presence, and to blow everyone away from jump, it says a lot about just the natural talent Killer Mike had and just that natural presence he was able to provide so from there, I think Columbia signed him, right? Columbia, and he was signed to Kumina Records. Mm -hmm. So that was a joint venture. And it looked great for Outkast to, to already uh, be established voices in the city and to find somebody else to bring up. It seemed like that was going to be a part of their legacy. The funny, One of the funny things that I... And in, in the intro, I, I talked about Mike being... Um, not pliable but able to be you know maybe convinced of other things and like even though the album is called monster and the album artwork is pretty menacing um there's certain songs that when you listen to the album it very much sounds like Hey, well, you know, it's a product of the time, too. In context, this is 2003, so 50 Cent is out. G-Unit is bubbling. Eminem is going crazy. Nelly is going crazy. You know, there's a lot of people selling a lot of records, and hip-hop is a very hot brand of music mm. um, in, in the pop space. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of records on here that are very pop that, in hindsight, don't fit at all. It kind of sound like some A&R at the record label was like, hey, 
why don't we put this one on here <laughs> in an attempt to sell you some records since you're attached to this huge rap group that is going quadruple and quintuple sure. platinum at the time, you know? Yeah. What songs are you thinking about in particular? What's an example? Um, Well, sonically, even though I really like action, sonically, when I listen to the song now in context of the rest of the album, it feels a little poppy. Interesting. It feels a little clean. That's the one produced by uh, Andre 3000, Andre 3000, right? right, Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it feels a little clean. Uh, Definitely Adidas. Adidas is very clean and very poppy. And even the video was very colorful. And it had Mike, you know, it was more of like a personality piece than it was about like, who's this dope ass rapper? Uh It's like, okay, you know, this guy can be cool. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to put him in that, in that lane. And then there was another record on there. um, Well, really those two records that you talked about, they sounded like extensions of Sanconia more than anything else. Mm. It kind of sounded like, Hey, this guy did really well on the whole world. Let's give him that vibe. Right. Not one time, but two times. Two times and see if we can't pull off lightning in a bottle again. Right, Right. Right. So those were interesting to hear in retrospect. Uh, I thought it was weird to see a bizarre feature on an album without D12. That oh was, my god, that let's was talk the about that. craziest thing. Because I remember I saw the track list and I said that can't be the same bizarre. Like right. there's got to be another rapper in Atlanta named Bizarre. And then I get to his verse and it's him. And I just die. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most bizarre verse you can imagine. Well, the, fun- well, the funny part to me was that. Since I had to listen to it on YouTube, and we'll get into this at some point, I had to listen to it on YouTube since mm-hmm. this album is not on any streaming services at all. And so I didn't have, I pulled up the track list in another tab, mm. but I was listening to the album just blind, basically. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of free falling. So when the record first came on, I was like, this is a very Eminem sounding beat. <laughs> so then I went back to see who produced it, and I was like, it was uh, Mr. DJ. The Outcast, uh-huh. you know, Outcast yeah, DJ, uh-huh. legendary producer, Mr. D. And I was like, Mr. DJ produced this Eminem sounding song. <laughs> and then when Bizarre came on, I was like, oh. <laughs> so it just made me wonder, like, did Bizarre have this record already? Or I, did Mr. DJ say, hey, I got a concept for a song with Bizarre and I want you to rap on it? Or like, how did it? This is a very D12 Is this like before or after Purple Pills? I don't know. This must have been around. It must have been around that time. But you got to think, uh, D12 already kind of had a presence, though. Yeah. With Eminem eventually, like, initially came in. So to me, if you want to talk about like, M buzzing, D12 also has a presence that makes sense if you have an artist and you can't get an M feature. It's just like, what's your, what's your homies doing? But if all the homies you pick bizarre? Yeah. I have questions. Yeah, it depends. I would love to know more. If proof was already passed, I mean, you were running out of options. Maybe so. Devil's Night was 2001, just yeah. for just for reference. So this so, is two years after Devil's Night. Th- all right, thank you. Um, But you didn't get Conniva or Con Artist? <laughs> like, there's other guys that can rap on these. <laughs> like, you went and got Bizarre to talk about, like, having sex with mothers on used car dealerships or whatever the fuck Wait, you were talking maybe about. Maybe that's exactly that why. It's called Listen, you know what? You're absolutely right. You are a monster. If you have sex with mothers in used car dealerships, you are indeed a monster. So I, I guess it's on brand, right? Like I, right. I guess it's what it is. Yeah, 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 for sure. But that was one of those moments I thought, like the label, someone made that call. That song is just mm. it doesn't to me it doesn't fit Killer Mike per se. Right. Like he makes it work, but it's like oh, okay, I see. I mean, there's a, there's a song about rap being dead on here. 
There is a song about rapping. Yeah, it's like literally dedicated to rapping. Before Nas. (laughs) Before Nas, Killer Mike said it first. So that's why some of the more poppier records or some of the more safe records, I think we can call them safe records. Right. uh, I don't think there's anything here that sounded commercial uh, appealing. I don't think anything was Not even Adidas? It didn't really sound like it was going to translate to me, honestly. When I hear it now, I'm kind of surprised. I'm surprised that record did so well. It just didn't seem like... I mean, it breaks down the Adidas acronym to mean what? All All day I dream of sex. Right. Which is something I heard in like elementary school like right middle school <laughs> isn't like, that just like it was, it's like just a little weird yeah no it was a little weird no, like, i mean for a guy named killer mike with an album called monster it's kind of like you don't expect any personality play to be like hey i'm cool like i expect to be scared well i mean there's a lot of sex in this album but it's a little bit more aggressive than here all day i dream of sex like you think of like you know candy colored clouds and shit like right that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's i mean like i don't know what that sound is i don't know how you describe that whatever it's like it's like a whistle or like listening to this album like we benefit from listening to this in retrospect because right. we all know what killer mike is going to become we all know that he's going to be like this firebrand and this singular presence uh in the atlanta hip-hop scene and it is interesting that he immediately calls himself new school ice cube like pretty much right. early on in the album right like Very that was so. that was pretty much foreshadowing how he would come to be known like later on in his solo career and then also with run the jewels with Monster, I, I'm not 100% sure that that is like solidified yet because it just seems like, you know, he's kind of caught, like you said, between different sets of like expectations, mm-hmm. you know, um, between, I guess, maybe whatever the label had going on for him. And maybe even, you know, going back to what you said in the intro, Jaw, like this very specific image of what a rap superstar looked like at that period of time, right. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I had mixed feelings about this. I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting as like a character study. This is interesting because we know what Killer Mike is going to become. Right, right. But listening to it now, it's just kind of like, huh, all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, part of the thing that I will give him a pass on as far as calling the records poppy is that at this time, um, Equimini Records is like a brand new venture, right? Okay. And yeah. we're still in a time where it's 2003, but it's not like every rapper has an imprint. It's not like every rapper has a label. It, it wasn't as ubiquitous as it got at some point. So maybe there was a certain pressure t- for, you know, Equimini Records overall to be like, hey, we can put out this record, but we also need to make sure that there is some viability on there that isn't just you know, an underground thing. Like we need to put something on there that maybe our fans can attach themselves to. Well, it's cool. There's an MTV interview right after the album came out where Killer Mike talks about how a big boy gave him the Adidas beat and he took it home and his um, daughter, who was six years old at the time, started dancing to it and his aunt started dancing to it. He was like, well, this is going to be something because my aunt hates everything and she's dancing. (laughs) 
and my daughter doesn't know any better and she's dancing and she's innocent so you have those moments where they kind of gave it to him right it's like this is what we're gonna try to do mm-hmm. and then there's in that same story he talks about how he got into kind of like a spat between big boy and andre himself about a song that he won on the album and they were like this is just noise we can't <gasps> we can't put this on there and it was the bonus record hard and hard oh yeah it's just it's just like hard it always and it sounds like a record that would work today absolutely but back then in 03 they were like this can't be on the album like this is just it literally just noise like i don't know what this is that's an interesting argument coming from two people who are I would consider pretty experimental with who would define to the new with LA Reed over like putting bombs over Baghdad as a single, right. for example. That's yeah. interesting. But again, I think you're you're considering how we're gonna present Mike, right? Right. And you're trying to build In a major these records. System. Right. You're trying to build these records and you're trying to build this identity at the same time. So I feel like the aggressive album, they should have went full aggressive, but I don't know if that full aggressive album makes him a star. You don't get an Adidas. Right. Like you just got everything that's just about like as hard hitting as that record or as a uh, rap is dead or even the intro monster is mm-hmm. like it comes in so aggressive like the first after you get past the intro like that first record is in your face immediately that was his energy that's who mike was but i don't know mike being that also means mike can be a grammy winning uh recording artist right well it's interesting um to also hear the reaction remix right um this is you know a remix of the song action the single that was produced by andre 3000 but the remix would be remixed by lil john Mm -hmm. and it features uh ti and bone crusher right hearing him in that context where he actually sounds pretty much at home Um, it made me wonder whether Killer Mike is more so like a missing link between the Dungeon family legacy and then the trap that is to come. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Because doesn't he feel like the middle? Yeah, for sure. Like he's right there in between those two worlds. Oh, yeah, literally. Yeah, literally literally also. But yeah, figuratively for sure. (laughs) But like if you think about how Atlanta rap was transitioning, like Killer Mike is like that benchmark of where we were before with Outkast mm-hmm. and then where we were headed with T.I. and Jeezy and Gucci Mane. Like, he was, like, middle artist. I wish we got more Killer Mikes. Yeah. That would have been great if we had more artists in between the transitional period. Just to represent that, because I feel like we went so fast from Outkast to Trap. To Trap, like, right. Was, mm. Yeah. Swift. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was Especially very little. Since his second album ended up getting shelved, right? Like, right. Killer Mike didn't even get this sophomore out, out the ground. Like, he only had this one project before he had issues within the label system. So, you really didn't have a chance to even see how successful that middle space could have been. Right. Well, the other thing, and I mean, and, and to your point, and, you know, also having the benefit of retrospect, part of Killer Mike's thing, he kind of follows that path of. A lot of Atlanta artists, short of Outkast, who like came out the gate on fire. Mm. A lot of Atlanta artists have had first albums that just, for whatever reason, the major label system or whatever the thinking was at the time, it didn't. It, the first album wasn't the one. Ti, mm. yeah, oh uh, yeah, Ludacris, uh, you include Mike. 
I'm sure there's probably somebody else on the list if I think about it. But I mean, these are all artists who went on to be huge and like wildly successful. But like, you know, Ludacris had to come back around with Incognito after. Oh no, it was Incognito first, and then right. back for the first time. Yes. Then it was, uh, you know, Ti had I'm Serious, which had hits on it. But it's like even with this, like Action is a hit record. Sure. Adidas was a hit record. Yeah. But what did it do for Mike? It doesn't. It didn't seem like it. It didn't further position it didn't him. Yeah, it didn't further position him to do something yeah. else the second go round. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we should further contextualize. Like, it sold gold, but yeah. this is at the time when Outkast is like selling diamonds. So at right. this time, gold is like nothing. <laughs> nothing, right. right. Yeah. You get a gold plaque by standing next to them. You do. You are right. Just yeah. like, you get a plaque. You, you get a plaque. Yeah. Oh, you my know? God. And you got to think, like, I mean, just on a business tip, like, this album probably didn't cost a whole, whole lot to make. No. He said he didn't like recording in those studios. He was like, he liked the small rooms. He mm. wanted to move really fast. He said he had to learn to really start just like recording records and knocking them out. Like, because this is his first album. Right. But again, you got to remember, he's kind of transitioning into being an artist now. He was, all he had was a demo before Big Boy, right? Right. It wasn't like he had a bunch of mixtapes flooding the streets. It was still very early for him in the artist phase. Mm. What I find interesting is how Mike seems to have his voice down. For mm-hmm. sure, like yeah. The voice is down. Mm-hmm. It's almost, he, there's there's a confidence in the way that he raps that is very much present in today. Like for he, sure. His yeah. voice hasn't changed. It's, it wasn't shaky. It doesn't sound like an MC that's still trying to discover what he sounds like. Like mm-hmm. he knew his voice. I think it was just that context of what he wanted to say, who he wanted to be, what it means to be that ice cube of, of the new generation and, you know, being that champion. Mm-hmm. I think he had to grow into that. Yeah, there's there's flashes of that. Um, I th- when big when I interviewed Big Boy for uh, Red Bull Radio, he said the thing that stood out in that demo tape was that Killer Mike was sounded like a commanding character, and that's the thing with the voice you can't really cultivate that. You're just born with that, right? right? So it helps to have that. But then also like later on toward the album, he's talking about like Crips and Bloods, like being in a, in Atlanta of all places at a time where like. Atlanta's not necessarily known for having like gang activity. And then later on, he says that like Atlanta is the home of Coca-Cola and I ain't talk about soda. Mm-hmm. Like that immediately brought me back to like Trigger Warning, which is like his Netflix series that just came out. And it's so uncanny because there's an episode where Killer Mike decides that just like the Hell's Angels, the Crips and the Bloods are going to refashion their image and make their uh, bad reputations profitable. And therefore, they're going to make sodas out of it. And it just like hearing those songs like back to back, it made me wonder, like, how long has he been thinking about this? Like, really? And that was sort right. of reassuring. I was like, huh, there are some parts of Killer Mike that have remained that consistent for like, you know, more than like 20 years. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, that was a major part of me listening to this album was that right there was listening to it and wondering to myself like how much of the new killer mike is still in the old killer mike and to the idea of being ice cube it's always felt like cube knew exactly who he was there wasn't any like i know i'm fuck the police like that's what i stand for <laughs> you know what i'm saying like I, that, that's what it is so it and mike kind of feels that very same way in some of the stuff you hear him talk about like he's always been this way in a lot of in a lot of ways i've been this person my whole life and i guess when you have that kind of confidence it only has to come out on the mic right right do y'all think this album actually ages well yeah uh some parts of it do some parts i'm like whoa the song about <laughs> domestic violence yeah that one i was like whoa right y'all was okay with that not y'all but like the label <laughs> the label was okay, <laughs> like, like, okay i'm thinking about like there. you play that record 
because I mean they were iffy about Hard Nard, which was because of you know the drums 808s. But there's literally a record discussing this very poisonous relationship that's very clearly domestic, and it's just like that's the one. Well, you know, I mean that's the sign of the times, right? Something like that. Not that it wouldn't have been a issue in 2003, but maybe they just expected rappers to be that way. We had different relationships with political correctness. Right. right? That's the first thing that kind of came to mind for me. Like, the one thing that aged the album for me was the use of the F word, which Mm. I was like, yeah, that not only has an age ball but in the sense of like killer mike being a rapper i can't imagine like grown-up killer mike saying that also because it just sounds like an easy cop-out like toward masculinity Mm, like i'm trying to prove that i'm hard i'm gonna default to this word so i remember that was one thing that was like huh okay so he was clearly still you know coming coming into adulthood right right. you know yeah Uh, well it's funny you said that because i kind of noticed that same thing in big boys verse and adidas where toward the end of the verse, he, for majority of the verse, he's talking about, you know, having sex with a woman, thinking about sex, et cetera, et cetera. And then, like, the last four, six bars of the verse, he talks about basically, like, yeah, I think about sex a lot, but I think about sex with women. Like, I need a woman for that a man for that act. Yeah, I, I demand a woman for that act. And then he talks about, you know, Basically, he goes on to the next bar to say, I'm saying that because I'm using the theory of natural, of, yeah. of the nature. And yeah. nature says, you know, man and woman and, and, and that kind of thing. That's when he lost so, me. Yeah. And he started going into this little tangent at the end. And it was like, why did you say that? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> this, verse, this whole song is about, you know, enjoying sex and thinking about it. And then you just went into this whole thing about, yeah, and no gay people. Like, right. what, is, <laughs> what? Like, why? Are you, I thought you like, said there was no discriminating in this world, although it, it, that will come later. That yeah, that, come that, later, yeah, we get there. Fair. We get there down the, down right. the line. But that, that part was a little interesting to me. I'm like, we both had like, the same face because I heard it too. And I was like, what do you say? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> oh, you got to kind of rewind. You just don't remember hearing that. When you're younger, it you comes know? out of nowhere because it's yeah, in nowhere, and it's just like he shifts his perspective, right? And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, hmm. yeah. So yeah. those are these moments that I think are kind of like kind of cringy, but I think overall the album does kind of hold up for like who Mike is, and it's a great uh, flash of an artist that was exciting, and you can see why there's so many parts of Mike there then was like he's rapping right you know like he's aggressive he obviously has like disrespect for the craft like he wants to be seen as one of those elite rappers he goes out his way to make sure you know who he is and that's what i loved about the album because i was like man if this is my first time hearing you ever in my life i'm on board for like, sure i want to see who you become and what you end up doing and he did he just really took the foundation monster set and built upon everything that he's ever done from there Cause if you listen to this album, listen to rap music afterward. Oh yeah, they seem like distant cousins. Yeah. Oh, R.A.P. Sure. Music, the yeah, the first album the first he did album, with LP. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the aggressiveness, the storytelling, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the part of this album that did age really well, and I and I tried to find it and I couldn't find it. And like, if you hear this or someone like at you on Twitter and tells you, hey, there's a podcast they're talking about you on here, I apologize for not knowing you. Whoever mixed that album. Is a ama- like that album sounds really good. 
There you go. It sounds really, really good. And so I think that's part of it that I would say his age. Well, a lot of time when you go back and listen to albums that are older, it sounds bad. Like even if at the time trash. you didn't know any better, you kind of roll with it like, okay, this is the music, so it's whatever. But now right. that you kind of, we have this technology and I feel like the the science of mixing, the art of mixing has gotten, the standard has gotten so much higher. This is one of those albums that I felt sounded really good. So I give you think you think it's the same person that makes Alcast albums? Might be. I don't know who did the mixing for Alcast albums. Let's find know? out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's interesting that you were able to hear that while listening to it on YouTube. Yeah. This was like a straight. It had to have been a straight up rip then. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it was a rip. I'm sure it was a terrible stream, and I'm sure you know a a, a proper CD or a, a vinyl even somewhere. I gotta go to Criminal Records. And see if there's a Killer Mike vinyl for Monster in there somewhere. Right, all right. Yeah, but, so, um, yeah, we should absolutely tell people, like, if you want to go and listen to this album, yeah. you're, you're going to have to go off the beaten path a little bit. Yeah, yeah you have to do a little bit of work. Yeah, go back to, like, 05. Take it Primitive methods wire, you know? of listening to music. <laughs> Obscure websites that might give you viruses. I felt poor. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I've never listened to an album on YouTube. I felt like... <laughs> that shit made me feel the way i was like why am i listening to this album on youtube as if i don't have streaming (laughs) services i felt a way about it i'm not gonna lie 20 dollars a month for for, to have access to music and And this isn't on any of them there's three major streaming services and this shit is nowhere on them i felt on apple either no no it's it's nowhere to be found so now the question is does is it because of columbia records is it because of the Quimini records is it because who owns the rights to this album? Like, Could why be. isn't this on? Because this is the one album that's not on there. Right. Um, I think Pledge Allegiance to the Grind and yep. everything else is. And his sophomore album that didn't get officially released, that's not on streaming services either. He put that out, though. I think he released, like, a link online. I have it on some hard drive. So some hard well, drive yeah. here. Yeah, like, there's two Killer Mike albums that people will not be able to find online. I think, dang, what's the name of the sophomore album? Extraordinary, ghetto extraordinary, something like that. It's some odd name, and it never it got shelved. He ended up putting out a link to it, and you can probably find it online. But you got to do some serious digging. It's crazy to think that anything can be disappeared or like. Yo, just I hate it. 2019, yeah. with everything is digital, and there's shit that you still have to like dig hard to go find. Yo, I typed in Aaliyah into title the other day, having completely forgotten that you can't stream her shit. Oh yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. That. yeah, you definitely Man, said yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just go buy the album, G. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I have them, but I was just <laughs> you just but trying yo, to get digital away. is because okay, if I'm already on the app or title, whatever, I should right. be able to just move my favorite songs into Thank a playlist. Thank you, yo. Right. Thank yeah, you no, for coming you. to my I feel defense. You. I, feel you. <laughs> I see my real friends. Well, that's are. the only thing I'll say about Apple is that at least they still of iTunes they still let you upload songs. I don't know if you can upload songs to title and play them through their service. Oh, like, probably not. Well, that's some bootleg shit. I remember LP kind of coming out against like people trying to do that on Spotify with his own catalog because, you know, that was coming out through his label Definite Jux. Mm. And he was calling people out. He's like, "Don't do that shit because apparently when that happens, he doesn't benefit from it at all." Right. I don't know. It's crazy. I meant to mention this earlier. There's a billboard piece that came out. Um, the monster dropped. And like the lead quote is that rap music isn't for soccer moms. Mm. <laughs> it is like the perfect description of what Lit- Killer Mike. Killer Mike did not want to be a soccer mom rapper. Right. That's Little did he know, be. though. Like crazy, right? Because they love him now. <laughs> yeah. No, but then also, you know, 
during the press run for Trigger Warning, he's going on The View and the other... You know what I mean? He's going on The View to talk about this show. He's explaining to Whoopi Goldberg what's up. That's insane. I can't think of the... Brooke, uh, Brooke... Brooke, Brooke, Brooke. I can't think of her last name. She's on CNN. Uh-huh. Mike is on her show all the time. She could be a soccer mom. She could I definitely be a soccer mom. Definitely a soccer she mom. She could for sure be a soccer yeah, mom. Yeah, it's just but. funny how he kind of transitioned to that space. I feel like the music didn't position him there, but he, he became such a personality. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, having a Netflix show. Right. Yeah, a Netflix show. Yeah. It's hard not to enter Middle America's radar. Right. When you're on Netflix. Yeah, you're on Netflix. It's going to be, you know, automatically. Yeah. But still, his path is like really interesting. You know, obviously, he didn't take the fast track to becoming such a name to where he's like opening for Foo Fighters during Super Bowl week, mm-hmm. right? But because he sort of stuck to his guns, it's like now he's gotten to a place where he can go on shows like The View and have a show on Netflix by just being himself. Right. Right. And that's kind of a beautiful thing. For sure. He took the slow path. Well, I don't know if he took it intentionally, but the slow path is the one that presented himself to him and the way he walked it it's just masterful you know long career long career in music still a lasting career in music people are anticipating the next run the jewels album yeah for sure the next killer mike album but now he's been able to maneuver into businesses barbershops and tv shows you know he's hitting all these cool buttons that at the beginning of his career there was you know that period of time where he got the album shelved and he didn't have anything out Mm -hmm. and it looked like he was gonna just disappear right he came back strong as ever. Listen, man, Atlanta rappers are resilient. They don't die. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't never scared. Atlanta rappers are very, very resilient. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, um, you can now listen to the Southern Say podcast if you, in case you haven't figured it out. There's a number of streaming services. Let's a number list of the, them. Let's list those streaming services. <laughs> Title. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> What's gonna get on title first? Something well, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. Monster. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe one day we'll be. Let's on Let's beat them to it. Yeah. Oh my god! Why? Let's just say I think we should. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. Because I feel like he's gonna hear this and be like, "Let's get the, let's get it up. Let's just, just go ahead and just <laughs> do this, figure this out because let's, let's it. release it. it. Maybe he doesn't know it's not on streaming service. You think he knows? Action is oh. on title. Is the it? singles? Is it? They are. Okay. The action and the remix. They're both on there. And the remix. That's important. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, yes, you can you can stream action on title. <laughs> you can stream action on title. <laughs> you yes. could also, uh, something to say is produced by Michael Saber out here in the SWATs. Um, find us on SoundCloud, yep. Audio Mac, mm-hmm. iTunes. That one too. Google Play, yep. Stitcher, all of those, and tune in, which links to your Alexa device. In case <laughs> you are tired of Baby Shark, I'm not yet. Are you? I'm not. Are you? I'm not. Alexa's the feds. <laughs> Baby Shark is the feds. <laughs> <laughs>